Elaine has outlined some of the challenges that the whole world is facing right now. In our own context here in this UK, here in the UK, we could have added the financial uncertainties. We could have added the problems of political leadership or lack of political, political leadership. And seemingly, with all these different things that are happening in our day, even the very fabric of society seems to be unraveling. If that's so, if the picture is as grim as it is, what does the Word of God have to say to us? Does God have anything to say to us, or are we simply in our own little corner worshipping Him independent of what else is happening? I'd like us to turn to Isaiah 42, and here we have a passage that speaks to the very issues that we're talking about, that gives to us light and, I hope, confidence and hope for our present day. So, Isaiah 42, I'll read the first four verses of that chapter. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I'll put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his law the islands will put their hope. And so in a world of doubt and fear and uncertainty, This passage tells us two things, that God's love, God's kindness, and God's goodness to his people will always be the same, and the message of hope that he gives to his people is a message not just for those who enjoy it today, but it is for all nations. Now, the book of Isaiah is divided in two. The first 40 chapters basically are taken up with God's announcing to the people of Israel because of their waywardness, because of their sinfulness, that they are going to be judged and that they're going to go into exile in Babylon. Then the last chapters of Isaiah are taken up with God's message to the people of Israel who have now returned to Jerusalem a message of hope, a message of encouragement, and a message of salvation for them. And here we have in chapter 42 a picture of the servant of the Lord, who is the Lord Jesus, bringing the message of hope to his people. And I'd like us to just recognize uh, who this person is. In verse 42, verse 1, it is actually, as we look at Matthew 12, this is quoted in Matthew 12, confirming that this is the person of the Lord Jesus. Here is my servant. This is the Lord Jesus, my servant. What did the Lord Jesus say? My food is to do the will of him who sent me. And the very word servant reminds us of that wonderful chapter in Philippians chapter 2. 
How else is he described? My servant whom I uphold. Here we have the picture of the Lord Jesus as the second person of the Trinity, upheld by God the Father. Look at verse 6 of that chapter of uh, 42. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand, and I will keep you. There is a sense of God, the Trinity, working together, and the Lord Jesus being blessed by his Father. He is described as my chosen one. Yes, he is rejected by men, as we read in Peter, but to, for the Lord, for God, he is precious to him. He is my chosen one in whom I delight. Does that ring any bells for you as you remember the New Testament? Remember the, the baptism of the Lord Jesus? What, did, what was the voice from heaven? My son in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. And so this person, this servant, is marked by the spirit. And so this is the person who is bringing the hope to the nations. But before we look at the specific ministry that he exercises, can I just point your attention to the first word of 42? Here is my servant. If you look at verse 29 of 41, the previous verse, you see that same word, see. Those those two words are the same. Hear, see, and in other versions, it's behold. And what's the comparison? The comparison is between the idols that the people of Israel, the people of Judah, were still tempted to go to Look at those. What have they to offer? And then the Lord saying, See, behold my servant. There's a comparison here. You're looking at what for your salvation? You're looking at idols. Verse 22 of that chapter 41 shows that they're useless. They have nothing to offer. In comparison, we see the Lord Jesus himself. Behold. And I just want us to just take a minute just to think about that just for a second. Behold, my servant, whom are we looking to for help and for guidance in this mess that we see our world falling into? I want us to be encouraged to put our eyes upon the Lord Jesus and to recognize again that that's where our focus should be. He is the answer, and he is the one who will lead us in the ways of blessing, even in the midst of darkness and even despair. Verse 2 describes his ministry. He will not shout out or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. He's not like these politicians. You, know, you see them on the uh, television programs, how they want to shout one on top of the other to gain the victory of their argument. That's not how the Lord Jesus is. He doesn't raise his voice with clamor and forcefulness to persuade people to listen to him. That's not how he works. He works quietly by his Spirit in the hearts of individuals. And as he works quietly in the heart, so the life is transformed. Verse 3 
A bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. And so this is how he works quietly in the lives of individuals. And how are individuals described? They're described as bruised reeds and smoldering wicks. In English language, this is a litotes where things are said, two things negative are said in order to give the positive. A bruised reed he will not break. Meaning what? Meaning that he will sustain, that he will help, that he will not reject, and he will support that bruised reed. Or a smoking wick. The natural response to a smoldering wick is to blow it out and start again. But he's saying by this, the servant isn't going to blow out that smoldering wick. You, the individual who feel that the life of Christ is diminishing, he's not going to blow you out. He's going to continue with you. He's going to continue to minister. He's going to continue to show grace and kindness and love. That's the message that we see here in these verses. And this is the encouragement for the child of God in whatever state, in whatever situation, and particularly in this context where we're wondering what is happening. Here is that certainty that the servant of the Lord, the Lord Jesus, as he looks upon his people, he looks upon them with tenderness, with kindness, and with love. Because we know ourselves, as we look at our own hearts, we recognize that these things are true for us. Is there anyone here who doesn't feel bruised inside? Is there anyone here who doesn't feel that the life of Christ is not diminished and that you sense that there is more, and yet you are not knowing that? Here we have God's Word saying that even though you are bruised, even though the life of Christ is low, the Lord Jesus will not abandon you. What happens in the world when there are failures, when people don't measure up? People dismiss you from employment. Okay, you're no longer my friend. You've disappointed me. I'll look for another friend. But what does the Lord Jesus do? He continues with us. He doesn't break us. He doesn't throw us to one side but he continues to minister his kindness and his goodness to us. I wonder, in your own heart this morning, where you're sensing that bruising. Maybe it's from your own failures, your own sense that you've not measured up. What does the Lord Jesus say to you? He will not break you. He will continue with you. Maybe you're bruised because of what somebody has done to you. Maybe a family member. Maybe somebody at work. Maybe there's been a disappointment. And as a result, when you look at that situation, and as you consider what's happening, there's a heaviness in your heart. What does the Lord Jesus say? I will not break that bruised reed. As we think maybe of this situation that we're in, in, in the world with, a, with things that are overwhelming, what is going to happen? 
the encouragement for the child of God and for the church of Jesus Christ that he will continue with the church, even through those difficulties, and so bring glory to his name. There are two illustrations, as I mentioned, a bruised reed and a smoldering wick. When we were in Congo, we used oil lamps uh, quite regularly, and um, it was part of my responsibility in the household to take care of uh, the oil lamps when I was there. And when an oil lamp um, starts to smolder, what happens? It issues a smoke. And as a result of the smoke, the glass gets uh, smoky, and you don't see the light. So what's the natural thing? The natural thing is to snuff it out and to start again. But what God is saying is that he doesn't snuff out that life of his child, but he continues to strengthen, continues to breathe into his child in order that that light can burst into flame again. And so, in a sense, this is what God is saying. He's saying, I'm going to blow on your life again. And the wonder is that he's done it before. But does he give up? Every time he continues to blow and blow and blow again. And that's the hope. That's the encouragement for the child of God. We don't understand his larger purposes with all these difficulties that are happening. But we do understand, if we are God's people, that we are loved by the Father through his Son, as we know it by the ministry of the Spirit. What did, we re- what did we sing in these songs earlier on? God's faithfulness, God's truth. God is true to what he has said. And even though the world falls about us, we know this one thing, that God's love is unchanging and he continues to minister grace and life to us. This is good news for us today. There's a responsibility also with that. We rejoice and we thank God for his goodness to us, knowing that whatever happens, he is steadfast and sure in his love to us. But we're disciples of the Lord Jesus. What does a disciple of the Lord Jesus mean? It means that we follow in the way that the Lord Jesus shows us. And so we have a responsibility to each other that as the Lord is patient and persevering towards us, so we need to be patient and persevering towards each other. Maybe there are problems within the family patient and persevering towards the family. Maybe there have been difficulties at work, patient and persevering in that context as well. It's in that way that we demonstrate that we are disciples of the Lord Jesus. Let me just say before I move on to recognize that sometimes the child of God feels that bruising 
And because of that bruising, they say no to what God is asking them to do. There may be a responsibility, there may be a challenge, there may be uh, an avenue of ministry that the Lord is opening, but because of that bruising, because that life that we sense within us is diminished, we say no. But this is God's Word here. He will sustain us, He will enable us, and He will empower us even though there has been that bruising. Let me look at the manner of his ministry. He won't shout or cry out. He'll sustain and help the bruised reed. He won't snuff out that smoldering wick. And how will he do it? He will do it, in verse 3, in faithfulness. In faithfulness he will do that. And secondly, in verse 4, he will not falter or be discouraged. That's not how we are often, I think. We falter, we're discouraged, we're downhearted. But here the Lord Jesus, he will be persevering, he won't be discouraged as He ministers His grace to us. We may be disappointed in ourselves. We may be disappointed in each other. But He will not falter or be discouraged. He will continue that ministry in us until we are brought to the maturity that He designs us for. He knows that we are weak and broken people. He knows that we are dust And so what does he say? I'm with you. I'll love you. I'll keep you. I'll keep working in your life. We know ourselves sometimes we are disappointed that again we have failed the Lord. And sometimes we wonder, Lord, how can I carry on? Only to realize that the Lord Jesus is faithful, persevering, Kind, always. And so, the God of the second chance, third chance, fourth chance, millionth chance, that's the nature of our God. And that's the hope and the joy that we have in the midst of difficult days. I feel so weak and so broken. What does he say? I give strength to the weary and increase the power of the weak. I feel I just can't do what he's asking of me. What does God say? He chooses the foolish things to shame the wise. He chooses the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Sometimes things are just impossible for us. What does God say? Nothing is impossible for me. That's the nature of the servant. That's the nature of his ministry. And that's the glorious hope that we have in this dark panorama that is before us. That our God is with us with the message of hope and a sure message of salvation. When he speaks here of justice, he's speaking of salvation. Who is that salvation for? 
In verse 1, he will bring justice or salvation to the nations. Verse 4, he will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice or salvation on the earth. So this message, this message of hope, is for all those countries and those peoples that Elaine read about where there were those terrorist attacks. The message of hope is for them. In his law, his islands will put their hope. Islands, why the islands? The islands speak of those remotest places. The message of hope is for them too. And so this is our responsibility. This is our privilege that as we have received from the Lord, so then we go with that message of hope to the hopeless. As you speak to your colleagues, what message do they have in terms of understanding the events of our day? They don't have anything. They don't have any message. But this is the message of hope, the message of transformation. We are indeed living in times of uncertainty and fear and confusion. We don't know what's going to happen financially, and even as we have almost daily reports of terrorism, so fear is growing. The political landscape in the West is confused, facing its greatest crisis since World War II. But what are the two things that we can be sure of? The Lord Jesus is committed to his people. He will sustain and keep them despite their failings, despite their insufficiencies. The Lord Jesus is committed to his people, and he will continue to minister grace and life to them. The second thing, his plan for the nations will be fulfilled. There is this glorious thread of history of God's plan for the nations being unveiled. And as we look at history, through that prism we see what God is doing. And what he's done in the past, so will he bring to completion. That's the encouragement that we have this morning. Two things, the unchanging smile and faithfulness of our Savior and his plan of redemption for this broken world. I came across, and I'll close with this, I came across an illustration that was so helpful to me to understand more of God's love. The comparison was made between our love, my love, is like the moon. God's love is like the sun, the physical sun. The moon... We talk about a full moon, or a half moon, or a sliver of moon, or sometimes no moon. And that's how often I feel my own heart. You long for your heart to be that full moon all the time, reflecting. But sometimes it's not. But here we have the promise that even if there's a sliver of moon, sliver of life, The Lord Jesus continues with us, 
continues to minister. And even if we sense that there is no moon, he sees and he knows his people. And he will encourage them and sustain them. That's how our love, that's how my love is, like the moon. But his love is like the sun. Do we talk about a half sun or a quarter sun? The sun's always shining. Now, we know that there are clouds, but we know that over the clouds, that sun shines constantly. And that's the encouragement for us. Yes, there may be these clouds, but the sun is always shining. And so, when perhaps you'll see the sun in these next few days, be reminded of the love of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus, for you and for his people.